Praise the Lord. Okay, so we're, we're continuing our, um, our series entitled The Beginning, and our message today is a desolate home. Somebody say desolate home. Desolate meaning empty or abandoned, okay? So an empty or abandoned home. And today's challenge question is, what are you doing to fill that, ho- that house? What are you doing to fill that house? And some of you guys are like, I don't really understand what that means. You will. You will. Amen. Okay, so today's message is what? Amen. Okay, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23. Tonight's objective, okay, tonight's objective of the message is to show that you can resist God's grace and will. That you can do it, but you can also make a difference. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so... Matthew 23, the title of that, of that passage is The Seven Woes. Now, Jesus speaks of the Pharisees and their hypocrisy. Now, everybody knows what, what hypocrisy is, right? Being a hypocrite, right? Saying one thing but doing the other, okay? And Jesus is talking about the Pharisees, and they're, they're specifically, they're teachers of the law, teachers of, uh, of the law of Moses, and they, they uh, proclaim themselves to be this, that, and other, and they kind of, they kind of, Put, you know, puff up their chest and point their nose up, and they're like, I am a Pharisee, and I'm a teacher of the law. And they just kind of walk around, and they like to look honorable, and they like to look like they have a lot of respect and power. But Jesus Christ sees right through that, amen? And Jesus speaks of the Pharisees and their hypocrisy, okay? Now, I'm not going to go through that whole thing because pretty much all of chapter 3, the whole thing is talking about the Pharisees. And somebody say, Jesus Christ lays it down. Now, I want you to just kind of focus on some of the words that Jesus Christ used. Jesus, everybody knows Jesus Christ, right? Raise your hand if you know who Jesus Christ is. You came to the right church. Praise the Lord. Okay, so you know who he is, and you know that he loves you, right? You guys know that he loves you, that he'll give you a big hug, right? Amen? Like he died on the cross for us. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. Okay, now let's, let's go ahead and, and look at some of the words that Jesus Christ uses to describe the Pharisees. In verse 15, he uses the words hypocrite. In verse 15, son of hell. Verse 16, blind guides. Verse 17, fools. Verse 25, greed and self-indulgence. Verse 27, whitewashed tombs, unclean. And whitewashed tombs are those, are those big uh, tombs that you see in cemeteries. They're almost like houses, right? And it looks really nice uh, designed, and it looks really nice outside. But inside, what's inside of it? Dead bodies, dead bones, right? It's dirty. It's like spiderwebs and stuff like that, right? He's telling them, you look nice from the outside, but the inside you're dead and you're dirty and you're unclean. That's what he says to them. In verse 28, he calls them a fool of wickedness. Verse 33, snakes, a brood of vipers, meaning a group or a family of vipers. And verse 34, he calls them murderers. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the one who loves us, the one who died on the cross for us, uses these words to describe the Pharisees and their hypocrisy. Now, if this doesn't tell you that God hates hypocrites, I don't know what does. Okay? He loves you. He loves me. But if you're a hypocrite, he hates what you're doing. He loves the hypocrite, but he hates hypocrisy. Amen? That's what he hates, man. We got to keep in mind, if you are calling yourself a Christian, you best act like a Christian. You understand what I'm saying? Like today, I'm not going to get into that. But look, if you you say to to your school, to your friends, you want to invite them to Elevate? Hey, man, come to, come to Elevate because my youth group is bomb, dude. It's bomb. You know, it's going to be a good time. And then next period in lunch, you're cursing somebody out? Are you, they hear you swearing? 
you know, or cheating on a test, they see you peeking over. Huh? That's called what? Hypocrisy, right? Guys, let's learn a lesson from the Pharisees today. Do not be a hypocrite. God loves that hypocrite, but he hates hypocrisy. You understand me? He doesn't like it. He doesn't stand for it. And if you're like, come on, man. You want me to review some of the words that he used? You understand what I'm saying? Do you want Jesus to use those words on you? When you meet him for judgment day, when you die, is everybody going to die here? And when you meet him, he's either going to say one of two things. Good, uh, welcome, good job, my good and faithful servant. Or he's going to say, get away from me, depart from me, for I never knew you. Get away from me. Do you want him to use fool, blind guides, greed and selfish indulgence, snakes, brood of vipers, fool of wickedness, murderers, whitewashed tombs, unclean, sons of hell? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Those are some harsh words, man. I know if somebody told me that, I'll probably be crying like a little girl. What are you talking about? I'm not unclean. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean? Come on, man. You see, Jesus needed to expose. Somebody say, Jesus needed to expose. Jesus needed to expose them for what they were. False teachers. They were false teachers. They're not real teachers. They weren't really teaching. They were false teachers who were looking to be popular and seem important to others, who love honor more than they love people. You see, some people like honor. They like to have the title of a youth leader. They like to have the title of a pastor or of a Christian or of a man or a woman of God. But they like that honor and they like that title more than like their neighbor, or their sister, or their brother. You understand me? Let's not get that confused. Let's not get that confused because you have to be a servant of all. You understand me? Before you could be, before you could be a pastor, before you could be a leader, you have to become a servant. You have to learn how to serve. You have to learn how to be the last before you become the first. Amen? Guys, you have to learn how to be a servant of all. Now, I'm not saying put a, uh, put a suit on and put a little hanky on your hand and say, yes, sir, what can I do for you today? You know what I mean? You know, a cold water? Yes. Okay, here you go. I'm not talking about that. That would be nice, though. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Ain't nothing wrong with getting me some water. Amen. Okay? Okay, but look, I'm not talking about being a butler. I'm talking about being a, a, a servant, man. You know what I mean? If you see me low on water, I, I guarantee you Liz is going to be the first one to get me a bottle of water. Amen. That's being a servant, man. I'm talking about I'm talking about if you need if there's something that needs to be cleaned, staying afterwards and cleaning. That's being a servant. If you see that there's garbage on the floor, I'm talking about picking that up. This is your house, right? It's the house of the Lord. This is your house. This is also your home. You see garbage, pick it up, throw it away. That's being a servant. Those are small examples. What else is an example of being a servant? Spreading Jesus. How is that being a servant? What are you talking about? I mean, I'm just talking about Jesus. No, it's going against your own wants and needs. There's certain times, guys, where I'm just kind of like, man, I'm really tired. I don't really feel like walking for two hours evangelizing. My body's aching and it's hurting. You know what I mean? Guys, I still had, like, the flu two weeks ago when I had to preach this message. You know what I'm saying? Nothing taking I'm Boy, let me tell you something real quick. (laughs) Let me tell you something real quick, man. I love you guys so much. You guys know that. But there's just certain days where I'm just like, Lord... Help me. Help me, Lord. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Look, I love you guys, but there's certain days where loving people is kind of hard. You know what I mean? I'm not the only one now. Come on now. I'm human. I'm human, right? There's certain days where loving people and loving your neighbor is, is kind of hard. But guys, being a servant is putting your own needs and your own wants aside and doing it anyways. That way you're serving two people 
who, last week's message, who remembers, two greatest commandments, loving and loving, amen. And when you put your needs aside and you go spread the word of God, you're loving people and you're loving God. Because God wants you to do that, amen. Praise the Lord. So let's keep in mind, guys, but you know what I mean? <laughs> let's just, let's just re, uh, recap really quick. Hypocrites, son of hell, blind guys, fools. Ah, harsh words, needed words, though, and nonetheless harsh. They're hurtful words. Am I right or am I wrong? You see, but let's keep in mind, through these words, the, uh, keep in mind uh, that that person who called the Pharisees all these names was the same person who eventually died for them. The same person who called the Pharisees a fool, sons of hell, whitewashed tombs, is the same person who died on the cross for them, who suffered and who was beaten. I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. Come on, somebody. You getting that revelation of the cross now? I didn't plan this, by the way. It just kind of dawned on me. I think the Lord wants to show some of you guys what the cross means. Yes, Jesus Christ used these words to expose them. But he died on the cross for them as well. Although these words were harsh, Jesus spoke them with a broken heart. He didn't just say it out of anger. He wasn't in his flesh. You fool! I can't believe you're saying that. Get away from me. I don't even want to see your face. No, 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 no. He said you fool, you don't even know what you're doing. You don't even know where your words and your way of teaching is going to lead you. Because these people who acted this way honestly thought they were going to go, they were going to be all right before God on Judgment Day. But Jesus Christ looked at them and was like, you guys are fools, you don't even know. You do not even know. He said it with a broken heart. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 19. I'm going to show you just how much of a broken heart Jesus Christ had over these people. Luke chapter 19. Let me get amen Were you there. Praise the Lord. As he approached Jerusalem and he saw the city, he wept over it. He wept over it and said, if you even, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. He wept over it. He, as he approached Jerusalem and he saw the city, he wept over it. Guys, you see, the Greek word used for that is more descriptive. It, it doesn't just mean crying over. It means a deep, deep sorrow and a broken heart for his people. You understand me? He wept and he was broken for them. And he said, you don't even know if you only knew. If you only knew, but since you, since you decided to cancel everything else, since you decided to, to turn your back on me, since you, des- you decided to ignore me and mock me, now it is hidden from your eyes. It's done. Can't see it anymore. Back to Matthew chapter 23. Let's go to our main scripture here, our main scripture verse. All that was just a review of chapter 23, and here comes our main scripture. Let me get an amen when you're there. Amen. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent, who sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks. 
under her wings. But you were not willing. See right here, Jesus is saying, Jerusalem, you guys don't even know how much I wanted to just grab all of you. Just come on, just hide you under my wings. I wanted to shield you from the sin. I wanted to bring you home. I wanted to show you the love and the compassion in which I have for you. I want you to see it. I want you to feel it. I want you to experience it. That's what Jesus is saying. But verse 38 says, look, your house is left desolate. Before that, it says, but you were not willing. They weren't willing to be under the wing of Jesus. They weren't willing to be gathered by God. Look, your house is left desolate, empty, abandoned. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You see, so those two scriptures, Luke 19, 41, it says, he wept over the city. And it says, but now it is hidden from your eyes. And here on uh, chapter 23, the main scripture says, look, your house is left desolate. You, you, you were not willing to be under me. These scriptures are evidence that God gave us freedom of will. Somebody say free will. Somebody say, come on, say it like you're awake tonight. Somebody say free will. God gave us free will to serve him or not to serve him. God gave us the choice to either follow his word and his commands and his lifestyle or not to follow his commands, his lifestyle and his way. Let's bring it back. Let's break it down. Let's bring it home and let's break it down. Amen. So we know what, what Jesus was talking about 2,000 years ago. He was talking about the Pharisees. He was talking about the Jewish, the, the Jews of that time. He was talking about his people, okay? He was broken for them, right? But it doesn't mean he's not broken for us now. You understand? Let's bring it home. Let's break it down. Somebody say, break it, break it, break it down. Come on, somebody. Amen. All right, turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Amen. Okay, scroll down to verse 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. So basically Paul is telling the Corinth church that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, meaning your body inside of you dwells the Holy Spirit. You want that gift of speaking in tongues? Hey, you already got the first part down. You're living for God, right? Amen. Well, you're, you're officially a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. Now all you got to do is just let it out. Amen. Well, let's, let's get back to the scripture. So our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So if we are a temple, who, who lives in that temple? Say, say it. The, the holy what? That's right. So it's not desolate, right? It's not empty, right? Verse 19, I'm sorry, verse 37, but you were not willing. Verse 38, look, your house is left desolate, empty, abandoned. Jesus was speaking to the city itself and to them as individuals. So he was talking to the Jews, the Pharisees as as the city, and he was talking to them as an individual. Look, your house, your body is left empty. You have no Holy Spirit in them. You are dead. You are abandoned inside of you. You are walking zombies. So right now, many people walking around have desolate homes. I'm talking about in the world. I'm talking about in your schools. I'm talking about maybe in your household. I'm talking about in your block. Many people who are walking around have empty homes. Your body is meant to be 
a temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is meant to be the Holy Spirit's home. You understand me? Your house. You have a condo in your, in your belly. You understand me? You have a condo, okay, a million-dollar home, and that million-dollar home, okay, who's the resident there? The Holy Spirit. Praise God. Amen. But there's so many people out there that don't have that. Their million-dollar home is breaking down, has crack, is getting moldy, spider webs, okay? It has rats, roaches, whatever you want to say. It's empty. It's desolate. It is abandoned because they do not know who is supposed to be living in there. So instead of the Holy Spirit living in there, they have anger living in there. They have bitterness living in there. They have rage. They have uh, depression. They have perversion. You understand me? They have all these other things that's breaking that million-dollar home down and, and making it a break, broke-down, busting, disgusted house. You understand me? It is nasty now. But you see, once the Holy Spirit comes in, he, he, and I'm telling you right now, Jesus Christ, once he gets in you, he officially puts on a hard hat, amen. He has a jackhammer, and he's going, you know what I'm saying? He, he's, he's doing some construction in you. He's renewing you, you understand me? He's, he's making your nasty, broke-down temple inside of you. He's making it to a beautiful temple. He's making it to a beautiful million-dollar home. And he's like, he's looking at it. He's finished. He's like, yeah, yeah, this place is worthy for me to live in now. Amen. He fixed it all up for you. He did all the work for you, Amen. That's what he's supposed to do. But there's so many people out there reciting and just being okay with their broke down house. It's not okay, amen? But what, what, how is God going to do this? How is God going to do this? Like the Pharisees, there are many hypocrites and all, and all Jesus wants to gather, all, I'm sorry, all Jesus wants to do is gather them up, right? What did he say in Matthew 23? He said, like, I, I want to be a hen, a chicken, a chicken hen, a woman hen, right? A female chicken, when they see trouble, they see like a dog or something coming, what's it going to do to the chicks? You can come up to them and gather them up. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how to, whatever, move, whatever a chicken noise is, okay? He gathers them all up. He puts them under the wing. That's what he wants to do with you. He wants to do that with you tonight. You understand? He wants to do that with the world tonight. But how? How is God going to do this? How is God going to be able to gather all these people up? Point to the person who, who God wants to use. Point to him. Point to the person. Yourself. To your neighbor. Him, her. Amen? He wants to use you. He wants to use you. He, he wants you to be his voice. Amen? He wants you to be his voice. He wants you to be his feet. He wants you to be his hands. He wants you to be everything. He wants you to be his tool, his vessel. Okay? Amen? Turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 9. I'm about to start preaching. Come on, somebody. Sister, I need you to put the volume down because I'm about to preach. Amen. This is one of my favorite scriptures, man. I love sharing this scripture because it is so true. It is so awesome how God works and how, man, God always set people up, man. God is always setting people up. You might be the biggest, baddest person in this world, but once you get in the presence of God, you're weeping like a little girl. You understand me? I don't care who you are, what you're about, what you're representing, what your past is, or what you've done. When you get in the presence of God, you ain't nothing but a little sobbing girl. You understand me? When I get on my knees, that's when I become a real man. You understand me? When I get on my knees and I worship God, that's when I become a real man. And I say, Lord, I will humble myself. I am not too proud to say, God, I serve you. 
Amen? Because I am nothing but clay in God's hands. And he wants to mold me. He wants to arrange me. He wants, okay, he's looking at me. You know what? A dolphin needs a little more humility. Let's slap that on him a little bit. You know what? I'm going to test him in that. I'm going to put him in a situation where I know he could get out of it. I'm not going to put him in a situation where I know he's going to get squashed and busted down. I'm going to put him in a situation where I know he could claim the word and become more than a conqueror. And I'm going to go ahead and put him there. And I'm going to see if it passes or not. That's what God's going to do in our lives. But let's get back to the scripture. Acts chapter 9 verse 10. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in the vision. Ananias. Yes Lord he answered. So Ananias is who? He's a what? (coughs) He's a disciple. A student of the word. A minister. A person who preaches the word of God. Amen. That's who he is. And who is he talking about right there? The Lord is about to tell him about Paul. Paul is uh, is an apostle of Christ. But at this time, at this time, before he actually met Jesus, Paul was a person who was persecuting the Christians. He arrested them. He allowed beatings. He was in charge of, of, of uh, taking care of them, okay? If they captured a Christian, they would beat him, and they would bring him to Paul, and Paul would make the final decision to let him live or throw him to jail or let him go. He would make that final decision. He had some rank, and that was his past. And you know what? Jesus Christ came to him, and he changed his life. But let's keep on reading. He, uh, Ananias said, Yes, Lord. What can I do for you today, sir? Verse 11, The Lord told told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. Who's Saul? Paul, okay, otherwise known as Paul the Apostle. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come to a place, uh, come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Verse 13, Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man. And uh, and all the harm that uh, he has done uh, to your saints in Jerusalem. Uh, Lord, I heard a lot of crazy stuff about this guy Saul you're telling me about. And uh, he don't sound cool, Lord. He's kinda, he, has, he has a reputation for kind of beating us and stoning us. You understand? And what does he say? And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. So, Lord, not only has he done things in the past, he has a reputation, but he's here now with authority to be able to arrest me. <laughs> are you sure you want me to do that, Lord? He's kind of second guessing, right? He's, uh, Lord, are you sure you want me to do that? Lord, and Ananias answered, I heard many reports. Let's skip down to uh, verse 15. But the Lord said to Ananias, what did he say? Come on, nice and loud. What did he say? He said, go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles. If you're a Gentile, raise your hand. Amen, amen. Anybody full-blood Jewish in here? I didn't think so. If you're Hispanic, you're Puerto Rican, you're black, you're Mexican, I don't care what you are, you're a Gentile if you're not, if you're not Jewish. And what did Jesus, what did Jesus, what did God say to Ananias? He said, go, this man is my chosen instrument. I specifically chose Paul to carry my word, to carry my name before everybody, to before the king, to preach the word of the living God. He is my chosen instrument. I don't care what kind of reputation he has. I don't care how big and bad he was in the past. I made him get down on his knees and beg for mercy. Come on, somebody. God is powerful. 
Amen. And he, he was able to change Paul with nothing but a couple words and his presence. Amen. Matthew chapter 5. Turn to your Bibles. There is one of my favorite scriptures, and I said it here many times, and I really hope this is getting burnt in your mind. This scripture is awesome, and it is so true, and it is for you. Let me get an amen when you're in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. So look, if this was a lamp right here, oh, this is a lamp, and I already got a big bowl, and I were to cover it, that would be pretty silly, right? That light won't be shining anymore, will it? Nope. But when you remove that lamp and you put it on a stand, it lights the whole place. How well can you see me right now? Not too well, maybe because of that light. But if I were right here, you can't see me too well, right? I might be hiding behind this pole. But once this light turns on, I'm exposed, right? That light exposes darkness, amen? That's an awesome light bulb, too. Amen. So that's what Jesus Christ is saying, that you're the light. You got to be on that lampstand. Don't hide underneath a bowl. Don't hide underneath uh, a, a reputation. Don't hide underneath. Don't hide in your house. Don't hide within these four walls of the church. He's saying, go, man. You are the light. And once you get on that stand, once you're going out preaching, you cannot, you cannot be hidden. You or your light cannot be darkened. Amen. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven. So what is Jesus saying? Right, He's saying through your good deeds, through you not being a hypocrite, you're able to go out, act like a Christian, act like a man or woman of God, preach the word of the living God, connect, mentor, and send your happy little behind all the way back to school. You understand me? Going all the way back, acting like as the way you should. And there's people will praise God for who you are and the way you act. Amen. Your light is attractive. Your light is very attractive and it's going to attract people. You understand me? If you're in a dark place, you want what? You want light to be able to see, right? You want that to be your guidance. You need to be that light. You need to be the guidance unto, uh, uh, upon other people. Amen. Isaiah chapter 41. I read, to, I read the scripture last week to you. No, I didn't. I read the other one. No, I'm sorry. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 13. Let me get an amen when you're there. We're going back old school. Somebody say old school. Amen. If you don't know where it is, ain't no shame we're using the table of contents. It's okay. It's okay. Isaiah chapter 41, you there? Amen. All right, verse 13. For I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. You guys, Jesus Christ said that we are the light of the world. And he also said that the, the world is a very dark place. So if the world's a very dark place, we need to what? Shine our what? We need to shine our light in that dark place. People don't know where they're going. If we were to shut off every single light in this, in this, in this church right now, it would be kind of hard to be walking around, right? It would be very hard to walk around. I'm pretty sure there's about three yeah, that will bump into that cafe alone. You understand me? There's going to be some, some, some bruises and some cuts and scrapes. You understand me? But if we turn on every single light in here like it is now, you're able to see every, every nook and cranny. Amen? You're able to see everything. That's the way we got to be in this world. But some, some of us might be afraid. Some of you might be afraid. And look, it's understandable. 
to be a, a little afraid or a little nervous to be to talk to Jesus about somebody or to pass a flyer. Look, it's understandable, but eventually it's not okay. You understand me? It's understandable, but it's not okay after a time. After a time, you guys should be developed spiritually enough to know that you need to preach the word of the living God. And when you're afraid, just know that God says, I am your Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. You see, you might not know what to say to your neighbor. You might not know what to say to your classmate or your brother or your sister or your cousin. You might not know what to say. But look, God says that he will help you. And not only will he help you, but he's going to grab your hand and he's going to guide you. Lord, I don't know who to talk to right now, God. There's just so many people. I feel a little overwhelmed. I don't know what to say and I don't even know who to start with. God said he'll grab your right hand, he'll lead you, and he'll, and he'll go ahead and give you the words to speak. Amen. Be guided by the Holy Spirit. Today in worship, what do we pray for? For an open ear to hear God's voice. I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus that every single one of you are able to hear hear the voice of God and discern that it's him and be able to know that when God says speak to that person, speak to that person over there, speak to that guy or girl over there, you best go over there and speak to that person. You know darn right that's not your flesh. You know that it's Jesus Christ. It's the Lord, our God Almighty speaking to you with an open ear. Amen. And when you're afraid, don't you dare fear because God's going to help you. Amen. You see, you got to trust in God. And I was sharing earlier uh, on Wednesday in the leaders class, I had a substitute for Joe, and I was I was mentioning the word trust, man. That's something. That's the biggest thing that I had lacking in my life was trusting God. I had such a huge lack of trusting God. I did not know. If I was put in a situation, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I would figure out some sort of game plan. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And like prayer, reading the Bible, speaking to God was totally outside the question. It was like my game plan. You know what I mean? I didn't have a trust in God. But you see, when we develop a trust in God, we're able to look at him like our father. We're going to say, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, but I trust in your name. Father, I do not know what I'm going to say, but I trust in your name. I don't know who I'm going to speak to, but I trust in your name. And we got to lift up our right hand. Everybody say, everybody lift up your right hand. Lift up your right hand and say, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, but I need you to grab me and lead me in the name of Jesus. Come on, man. Just do that. Just do it. You know the Lord wants you to evangelize to a certain person. You don't know what to say. Just just. Just come on, close your eyes and be, lift up your right hand and be like, Lord, guide me. Let him lead you. Don't be ashamed of prayer. Prayer is powerful. Prayer changes the person. Amen? Turn to your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 42. And if I may have uh, Lelani on the keys, please. Isaiah chapter 42, just one chapter over. You're there, amen? Praise God. Look down to verse 6. Isaiah 42, verse 6, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. Come on, man. He mentions it twice. He said, I will take hold of your hand. I, I read the scripture last week, rock my world, and I think I'm going to share it again so I could get rocked for the second time. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a what? And a what? Come on, one, two, three, and a what? And a light. For the Gentiles, for the people who need to hear the word of God. 
He said, I will hold your hand. I will guide you. I know you don't know what to say. I know you're scared. I know you might be nervous. But right now, I don't care. Give me your hand and I will guide you to be a light unto the people who do not know who I am. Let's keep on reading. Verse 7, to open the eyes that are blind. If you're living in the dark, you cannot see a thing. You're blind. You can't see in the dark, guys. Nobody in here can see in the dark. Spiritually, it's the same thing. If you do not have Jesus, you are living in darkness. And you do not see where you are going. And and the Lord says that he will use you to open the eyes of the blind. To free the captives from prison. To free the prisoners. If you're living in darkness, it's a place that you don't want to be. You're a prisoner in that place. And God says that he will use you to take them out of that prison. And to release from the dungeon. Come on, man. From the dungeon. Those who sit in darkness. Guys, there's no excuse in this place. There is no excuses. Everybody, the majority of the people in this room are disciples, being disciples. And when you feel nervous and you don't want to share the word, you best wake up, smell the coffee. God says to do it. Jesus Christ said, go out, make disciples. Go out. We have a strategy, connect, mentor, and send. Send yourself. Be sent by God. You have a duty. And when you feel like you can't do it, just remember that the Lord's holding your hand and he's going to use you to shine your light. He's going to use you to open the blind eyes. He's going to use you to free the captives from prison. And he's going to use you to release the, from the uh, people from the dungeon in darkness. He's going to use you. All you, have to, all you have to do is ask. Is ask. And be willing to be used. God does all the work, guys. Just be his feet. Be his eyes. Be his mouth. Let him do the rest. Amen. Be like Paul. Be God's chosen vessel. Be his chosen instrument. He's going to look at Danny. Danny, I don't care what kind of past you have. You are my chosen instrument. Mighty, I don't care what you've done in the past. I don't care how shy you are. You are my chosen instrument. Robert, I don't care what you've done in the past. You are my chosen instrument, and I will use you to glorify my name. I will use you, Robert, in Bosnia. I will use you, Nathaniel, in Brazil. Come on, somebody. God says he will use you. Just be willing. Just be willing. Humble yourself. Change your life.